sign outside the door says, please turn your cell phone off. Everyone has a cell phone, right? Everyone except me. Don't have one, never had one, and I hope I never have one. So please turn it off. Return plan. And uh, please give me Bhagavad Gita in English, because I don't understand fair enough. Bhagavad Gita, as it is, chapter 2, text number 51, translation and commentary by the divine grace, this is the full understanding of the heart. I don't sit about the Bhagavad Gita. Karmajam buddhi yuktahi Karmajam buddhi yuktahi Alam chakva manishinaha Alam chakva manishinaha Janma bandha vinirmukta Janma bandha vinirmukta Padam gachan chanamayam Padam gachan chanamayam By thus engaging in devotional service to the Lord, Great sages or devotees free themselves from the results of work in the material world. In this way they become free from the cycle of birth and death and attain the state beyond all miseries by going back to Godhead. Purport, the liberated living entities belong to that place where there are no material miseries. The Bhagavatam says, Samashita ye Padam buddhya patsa padam param padam 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 yadu padam yadu For one who has accepted the boat of the lotus feet of the Lord, who is the shelter of the cosmic manifestation, and is famous as Mukunda, or the giver of mukti, the ocean of the material world is like the water contained in a cast ocean. Param Padam, or the place where there are no material miseries, all by Kunta, is his home, not the place where there is danger at every step of life. 
Owing to ignorance, one does not know that this material world is a miserable place where there are dangers at every step. Out of ignorance, only less intelligent persons try to adjust to the situation by cruising activities, thinking that the resultant actions will make them happy. They do not know that no kind of material body anywhere in the universe can live life without miseries. The miseries of life, namely birth, death, old age, and diseases, are present everywhere within the material world. But one who understands his real constitutional position as the eternal servitor of the Lord, and thus knows the position of the personality of Godhead, engages himself in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Consequently, he becomes qualified to enter into the Vaikuntha planets, where there is neither material, miserable life, nor the influence of time and death. To know one's constitutional position means to know also the sublime position of the Lord. One who wrongly thinks that the living entity's position and the Lord's position are on the same level is to be understood to be in darkness and therefore unable to engage himself in the devotional service of the Lord. He becomes a Lord himself and thus paves the way for the repetition of birth and death. But one who, understanding that his position is to serve, transfers himself to the service of the Lord, at once becomes eligible for Vaikuntha Loka. Service for the cause of the Lord is called Karma Yoga or Buddhi Yoga, or in plain words, devotional service to the Lord. In this verse comes the word Mukta, which means liberated. Mukta, and in Kanda you say Mukta means Mukta. People in, who are interested in spiritual advancement, their ultimate goal is Mukti. Is that right? Well, not everyone who is religious is interested in Mukti. Here in this second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna talks about the Veda Bada Rata, persons who are attached to the uh, words of the Vedas for going to heaven and enjoying material pleasures. But generally, if we ask anyone who says, uh, I guess you could say a, a Hindu, they will say that the ultimate goal is Mukti. And the Vaishnavas and the Advaita Vadis, they have a long, ongoing Vivadana. What's that called? It's a dispute. They both agree that we should aspire for Mukti. But how to attain Mukti and what is the nature of Mukti, they disagree about. The Advaita Bhadis, of course, they're within the Advaita Bhadis, there are different schools, but uh, generally we can say they have the idea that by uh, performing tapasya and in this way becoming detached from the world, one can attain mukti. They call it siddhanta, and if the word is misunderstood and misused, what is correct? There's a difference between the words Vada and Siddhanta. Vada means a theory and Siddhanta means the actual conclusion. Although people mix up the two words. So, and according to Advaita Vada, then the, uh, this, the state of, or the Mukta state, the liberated position, is one in which they give the example of a drop of water that merges with the ocean. So you become one with everything, or in their idea you become God. And the Vaishnavas say that, no, Mukti means that you enter into 
by Buddha. We don't become one with God who serves us. Mukti means to become free from Jalnadanda, the bond of repeated birth and death. This and later values and the Vaishnavas, they both agree on this. So what is the position of the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Often people think, well, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they're bhakti and they do a lot of singing and they have a lot of bhakti, it's all very good. But they often think, well, there's no real serious philosophy there. You don't find the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu talking much about how to get mukti. All they talk about is chanting Hare Krishna. And actually, we don't talk much about mukti. According to the Advaita Vadis, bhakti is a means to gradually become purified so that you can come to the level of attaining jnana. And according to most Vaishnavas, bhakti is the means to attain mukti. But the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they don't, they don't think that mukti is very important. And they think, well, why is that? Well, what, what's going on? The followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they say that bhakti is not a means to attain mukti, but bhakti is the means and the goal. That by performing bhakti, what, what is bhakti? Service to Bhagavan. And by doing that, we are praying for the opportunity for service to Bhagavan. And we don't talk about mukti very much. Why is that? Well, uh, what is it? Mukti literally means freedom. So it's just like uh, you're all free citizens. I'm giving an example. You're all free citizens of the Republic of India. And you walk around on the street and you go to your home and that's what it means to be free. You're not in prison. So you don't talk about getting free, because you are. Persons who are in prison, they think a lot about freedom. They think, I have another two years to go, something like this. If I behave well, they'll let me out sooner. I really want to punch that warden in the face, but if I do, I'll have to stay in longer. <laughs> so, and they talk about the world outside, and they can get free. And some people may say, well, as soon as I get released, I want to hit someone in the face and come back again because it's better in here than outside. I don't have to work, I get free food. And other people, they think, no, actually it's not good. When I go out, I'll be good and then I won't come back again. So for the prisoners, they think in terms of freedom and non-freedom. But you, who uh, I presume that you've never been in prison, uh, you don't even think about it. You just, for free, you, freedom is just normal. So like that, bhakti is the natural position of the jiva. And one who is situated in his constitutional position of serving Krishna, he's automatically free from birth and death. So just like a free person doesn't talk about and even think about very much about freedom, so one who is situated in pure devotional service to Krishna, he doesn't think very much about mukti or even think that it's very important. People who talk about mukti a lot, it just means it's a sign that they're, they're a criminal. And their goal is to be free. That is not a very laudable goal. 
they're not, you see, freedom comes naturally to one who is good, but they're only thinking of their emphasis is on freedom, it's not on being good. So, because they're not cultivating the proper consciousness by which mukti comes automatically, it's very likely that even if they get mukti, that they'll again have to be bound up. Because if you're only thinking, I'll be good so that I can get mukti, it doesn't mean that you're really committed to being good, it's just you want to get something. So even if you do bhakti, or whatever, if you do tapasya, or if you do bhakti for the sake of mukti, it means that you're not really committed to uh, being in a pure state, but you just want to get free from material bondage. So one who does uh, bhakti for the sake of, they're just thinking of pleasing Krishna, for them there is no question of being bound in this material world. Nor do they talk very much about mukti. Even too much thinking about mukti, it, it means that one is actually thinking about, or is he's thinking about uh, being bad. They're not really committed to bhakti. If I'm doing bhakti so that I can get mukti, it means I'm not doing it. It's not actually bhakti, because bhakti means for the pleasure of Krishna. It's like thinking, well, I'd like to be bad, but if I'm bad, I have to stay in the jail, so let me behave well, and then I'll get out. But it's not that you have a commitment or, or a desire to behave well. Bhakti means to serve Krishna, being attracted to his beautiful names, forms, qualities, and pastimes. So that is, uh, that is far more elevated than simply... Uh, formally offering some arati and chanting the names of Krishna, just thinking, I, I'll chant, then I'll get mukti. Another example is uh, night and day. We experience night and day, light and darkness. Darkness means the absence of sunlight. But for the sun, there is no question of day or night. For one who is situated in the Surya Mandala, the sun planet, there's no question of night time. So similarly, one who is situated in Krishna consciousness, there's no question of the darkness, of the uh, ignorance of Krishna, which actually is the cause of bondage. Krishna, Surya, Sama, Maya, Hoi, Andhakar, Jaha, Krishna, Taha, Nahi, Maya, Avrita. Krishna is like the sun. And maya is like darkness. Where there is the sun, there is no question of darkness. In the same way, where there is Krishna, there is no question of maya. So you may think that, well, you know, this Hare Krishna is just a lot of singing and not much philosophy. They're not, you know, they don't understand all this stuff about how to get mukti. But actual bhakti, that makes mukti seem very insignificant. That is one of the uh, qualities of pure devotional service which is analyzed by Srila Rupa Goswami. Moksha Lakutakrit. Pure devotional service makes the very concept of liberation seem very insignificant. That the mukti, which people are thinking is so important, is the highest goal of life. But pure devotees, they think mukti, not even, not even worth talking about. It's like ordinary citizens, they don't talk a lot about 
how to get free or what they just take it for granted. Just even by engaging in devotional service, the first symptom, pure devotional Kleshagni, the uh, sins and the results of sins, they are destroyed by one who engages in devotional service. Kleshagni Shubhada, even in the very beginning stages of devotional service, it bestows all auspiciousness. Of course, in the beginning stages, one may take up bhakti and think, well, I want to get out of this miserable material world. But when one comes to the stage of Arvabhakti, a more advanced stage, when the feelings for Krishna are developed, even those feelings for Krishna are not fully developed, but it makes one feel that moksha is just something very insignificant in comparison with the feelings for Krishna. The fourth symptom of Shuddha Bhakti described by Goswami is Sudurlava, very rarely attained. Not custom, but rarely. Durlava, Durlava. Yeah, I think these are not difficult, but it's rare. There's a difference. It's easy, but it's rare because people are hardened criminals. They, they can't even imagine what it means to love Krishna. By Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, that's pure devotional service, which is very rare, is available to all without kasham, without difficulty. So why is this, uh, why is it that, that moksha, which is so much aspired for, the devotees, they just think of it as insignificant. I've given a philosophical reason. But how is it that moksha, which is described, the happiness of moksha, is millions of times greater than that of, of being, even living in Swarga. So how is it that Shuddha Bhakti makes moksha seem so insignificant? That is because Sandra that one becomes, the very nature of Bhakti is that one becomes uh, overwhelmed with a, overwhelming bliss of love of Krishna. And although uh, the Advaita Bhadis, they impossibly think, or that they, they plan for the impossible, that they will actually become God. And those who want mukti, they think, I'll serve God, I'll be good, and then I won't be, then I'll be liberated. This is a kind of formal bhakti in which you know, one serves the Lord because you're afraid of material bondage. But by the kind of bhakti that Rupa Goswami, the foremost follower of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, teaches, then Sri Krishna Akashanitasa, that Krishna, whose very name means, who gives attraction, he becomes attracted to the bhakti of his devotee. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching bhakti beyond the mukti. Mukti is not very important. And pure devotees following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they do not pray for Mukti, they pray for service to Krishna. They, they think that uh, they serving Krishna, even if we have to take birth again and again in this material world, is far greater than simply having Mukti. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu prayed. Ramajanmani Janmanishwari Bhavatad Bhaktira Haitukitrai. I only want, even if I'm born again and again in this material world, 
I only want to serve you without any personal motivation. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu prayed, Na dhanam na janam na sundarim kavitam bhaja vidisha kamane. O Lord of the universe, I don't desire anything within the universe. I don't desire wealth or followers or beautiful women or anything conceived of for material enjoyment in this world. So if one has no material desires, then he's liberated. But he says, but I also don't desire liberation. I only desire to serve you. Anyone who even within this world fully engages himself with mind, body and words in the service of Krishna, such a person is already liberated while living within this world. It's called Jivan Mukta. However, devotees, uh, they come to this world, even though they have no desire for anything in this world. Why so is uh, expressed by Sri Prahlad Maharaj. He told Lord Narasimhadev that uh, I have no, I have no anxiety, I'm completely uh, happy. Even, uh, I, I'm not afraid of uh, this material existence. Because I'm always happy by uh, glorifying your name, form, qualities and pastimes. Prahlad Maharaj says, I, but still I have some unhappiness. How can anyone who is absorbed in love of Krishna have any unhappiness? His unhappiness is, Shulti Prithobhimukha Maya Sukhaya Bharam my unhappiness is seeing all these fools and rascals who are simply absorbed in material life, who are inimical to Krishna, but simply interested in sense gratification, who are trying to be happy in this illusory world. So this unhappiness is, that is not the unhappiness of mind, that is the uh, ecstasy of a devotee in trying to deliver others from the ignorance of being inimical to Krishna. Such a person who is always trying to bring others to Krishna is certainly himself liberated. It's just like the warden or, or the governor in a prison. He's not a prisoner. And he's in the prison. Actually, he doesn't want anyone to be in prison, but he he tries to instruct the prisoners to act in such a way that they don't have to be prisoners anymore. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers, they actually have a tremendous contribution to make to the uh, to spiritual life. This uh, dispute between Advaitavadis and Vaishnavas about how to get mukti and what is the nature of mukti, it's all meaningless actually. Because if one actually takes to bhakti in the proper spirit, then one is automatically freed from bondage of this material world and there's, there's no question of any more bondage. And uh, moksha just becomes that, that moksha which is so much praised and so much endeavored for, it just comes automatically. Because that's the point. It's not just that the, the Vaishnavas are also talking about moksha. Yeah. Not just that they should argue. So they both missed they both missed the point actually.
most Vaishnavas have missed the point actually of what bhakti means because they think it's just a means to attain mukti. So, Hare Krishna, any question about this? I will do bhakti and then I will get mukti. Well, if you do bhakti with the idea of getting mukti, you're not really doing bhakti. It's not really bhakti from the heart. And bhakti means from the heart. Mm. What's your question? Um, how did this change come in? I mean, why was there a difference of opinion? Because I think that Shankaracharya also is preaching for bhakti. Shankar is preaching bhakti. Is that what you're saying? I heard from uh, the, the song Jagurudan. Yeah. He was talking about the field. Well, Advaita Bhakti didn't begin with Shankaracharya. It's not something that he invented. That's been going on since time immemorial. But uh, certainly he preached that. He's, he's known for being the Acharya of Advaita Bhakti. And of course, he gave indications that there's something better, such as are given in his Rajagovindam poem. But his followers, uh, those who call themselves his followers, they are attracted to his teachings which were meant for bewildering them. So, I mean, definitely, if you read... Uh, his Sharirika Pasha Vedanta Sutra, Vivek Churamani, this is hardcore Advaita Bhakti, there's no doubt about it. So, how did this difference come about? Well, the Jiva, the, the prisoners, if they're told that uh, you can, they, they're making it within the prison, they're making a scheme how they can not only get out of the prison, but they can take over the whole government. And the, then uh, they may think, yeah, we'll get full power and we'll, we'll be fully, you know, we'll be fully satisfied. But actually it's another criminal endeavor. But they like it, it sounds a lot better than... You know, having to follow the laws of the land, it sounds terrible for them. They are in corrupted consciousness, and Mayavad or Advaitavad appeals to the corrupted consciousness of the Jiva who does not want to surrender to Krishna. That's why it's popular. People like it, because this is the world of criminals. This whole material world is like a big criminal inside a big prison. So you corrupted people. By carefully studying Bhagavad Gita as it is, we can understand all these points very clearly without going into all the intricacies of trying to read and understand Sharirika Bhasha and then Vivek Churamani or Nyai Sudha and all these things. These are too complicated for all of us anyway. If we read Bhagavad Gita as it is, we'll understand all the principles, everything that we need to know. Without getting into all the complex details 
that go on in these discussions, which no one nowadays can understand anyway, except a few pundits. Srila uh, Prabhupada, in Bhagavad Gita as it is, he gives the basic principles which everyone can understand and apply in their minds. Anything else? Yes, please. The goal of bhakti, if it's not mukti, it's not mukti, the goal is bhakti. Like I said, the means and the end are the same. <coughs> bhakti means to glorify and serve Krishna, not for anything that I will get, but just because I'm meant, that is my constitutional position, to serve and glorify Krishna. And by doing that, because it's my constitutional position, I become completely satisfied. Bhakti leads to bhakti. Bhakti, namada bhakti, Bhaktya sanjataya bhaktya. In the beginning there is the uh, practice stage, sadhana bhakti. And that gradually leads to bhava bhakti, prema bhakti. Uh, consummate state, the perfect state, complete state. You have a question? Yeah. What is bhakti for young children and for older persons? Yeah. What is the form of bhakti? What is the form of bhakti? Well, it's the same for everyone because no one's young or old, it's just we're all Atma and we're in different bodies and the bodies go through different changes but the Atma doesn't. Kalad Maharaj said, Kaumara Acharet Kavyodharman That from the uh, Kumara from the very beginning of life, one should in this world engage in Bhagavad Bhakti. Dharman Bhagavata, Bhagavata Dharman. he taught what are the principal means of performing bhakti. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Dandanam, Dasyam, Satyam, Atmanivedanam. Hearing and chanting about and remembering Vishnu, Sranam and serving his lotus feet, worshipping him as the deity, offering prayers to him, identifying oneself as his servant, identifying oneself as his friend, and fully surrendering to him. So for children and adults, same process. It may take slightly different form, but it's the same process for everyone. In other words, children and adults can chant the names of Krishna, they can hear about Krishna, they can remember Krishna, and so on. It's not a different process for children or adults, it's not a different process for men and women or brahmanas and lower castes or for Hindus and non-Hindus, it's the same process for everyone because all these divisions, young, old, educated, uneducated, high caste, low caste, male, female, these have nothing to do with the Atma. And the Atma is by nature Servant of Krishna, Bhakta. Simple. Simple to understand. Very complex discussions about the nature of mukti and bandhan, how to get mukti, not with that. Chant Hare Krishna, serve Krishna, automatically comes to you. If one sincerely chants Hare Krishna throughout his life, 
He's already liberated. So where's the question of whether or not he will attain mukti? Already he got it. It's not even a question. You're saying pure bhakti, what kind of work do we have to do? What kind of people do we have to associate with? And what kind of food do we have to take? That's the question. Well, what work do you do? You do some kind of work, isn't it? What kind of work is that? Yes, or what you mean what activities? Yeah, whatever work you're doing, unless you're a butcher, if you're a doctor you can be a doctor, if you're a bus driver you can be a bus driver. But whatever it is, but uh, one should add to his life the activity. Shavanam, Ketanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, these activities. Uh, practically how to do that, I was quoting Rupa Goswami. So he's given that in the Bhaktiva Samhita Siddhu and for even more specific there's that book I written in the Beginner's Guide to Krishna Consciousness. It tells you what to do, how to chant, what to, how to put on this Vaishnava which mantras to say the details in simple verse. Describe all the details now, rising early in the morning, bathing, putting on the Gopi Chandan, Tilak, and which mantras to say, it will take quite a long time to say now. You can see in that book and you can consult with devotees also. What kind of people we should associate with? Devotees. Devotees are interested in bhakti, so by their association our interest will increase.